Our scripture reading this morning is from Romans 5, and it's, uh, this is the NLT version, and it's uh, verses 3 through 5. And Paul says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So it's Memorial Day weekend. And if you ask 100 people on the street about the significance of this weekend, almost universally, you would get the answer of this weekend marks the, either the end of school or it marks the start of the summer. Both are true. A handful might say it has something to do with military people. And the line gets blurred a lot, I think, between Veterans Day and, uh, and Memorial Day. Memorial, just to clear up the record, the Memorial Day was started just after the Civil War to remember those who had fallen during the conflict. And today it's to honor those who paid the ultimate sacrifice to defend the Constitution and what it stands for. They died for those they did not know. They died for those that weren't even born yet. So today, I want us to remember them and their sacrifice, but I'd like to go a step further. And I would like to give a special tip of the hat for those that went way above and beyond that initial call. Those that went farther, faster, and harder. And those are those who served in special operations teams. So... Army Airborne, Rangers, Special Forces, Delta, Navy SEALs, Marine Force Recon, Air Force Pararescue, every service has one. And what I want to do to honor them is to tie into our scripture reading this morning from Paul. And I would like to make this outrageous claim that although Paul may not have been a member of one of those teams, he certainly had the attitude and spirit of a special operator. And I'd like to prove it. On the first day of training for one of these schools, if you haven't already done so, you're strongly recommended by the helpful and facilitating instructors to memorize that team's creed. Each one of these organizations has a creed that's specific to them and their missions. They're all a little bit different, but there are common threads that intertwine through them all. The first part of all of them goes... I will never quit. No matter how cold I am, how hot I am, how, how hungry I am, how wounded I am, I will never quit. And the first part of the, the training evolutions of these schools, the cadre is all about identifying those that would quit and weeding them out. And they do so by placing the trainees under hardship extreme duress, physical duress, emotional duress, mental duress, and that's the whole idea. They recognize that there is value in hardship. The instructors are there to push you up to what you thought were your limits before, and to show you how to push yourself on through those self-induced limits, to show you that you can go beyond who you thought you were 
and to show you what that looks like and how it feels and how that changed self-image of you alters who, how you see yourself and how you see the world. The confidence that it builds in you. Hardship has value. Hardship is the only way to get there. And Paul knew about hardship. He knew that it had value. He knew that suffering does something, that it accomplishes something. There's something good that comes from it. When you go to the gym, or you somehow push your muscles beyond where they were before, beyond what you've done before, it's valuable, it's productive, and sometimes it hurts. So Paul knew about hardship. And what did Paul say about hardship? What did he know about it? This is what he says in the NIV version. It's in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read it. I've worked much harder, been imprisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, and I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day on the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and I have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and often gone without food. I've been cold, and I've been naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressures of concern for all the churches. All of that, plus he was bitten by a snake. Sort of sounds like a day from special operations school. So when Paul talks about hardship in Scripture, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they develop endurance. The first thing that Paul says suffering produces is endurance. And a lot of versions and translations of the Bible use the word perseverance. When things get rough, sometimes people bail. Some people, they can't hang. Sometimes they quit. And other people, when they face hardship, they persevere. Now, don't confuse perseverance with toughing it out or, or hanging, hanging with it or absorbing the punishment until it's over. To persevere, and the definition of persevere is to remain constant to a purpose, idea, or task in the face of obstacles or discouragement is to be like you were before the hardship. And you might even use the word stubborn here. Think about your own life. Once you weather a storm, if you had to weather another storm just like it, you would say, this is nothing. I did this yesterday. I'll be fine. But rarely is the next storm the same as the last one. Usually it's bigger, and that's by design. If you played a video game that kept you at the same level day after day, you would get bored. The same is true with life. Each storm is going to be a little bit harder, a little bit more challenging by design. And the same is true at special operations school. Every day, 
that day is built on what you did successfully yesterday. And in fact, the Navy SEALs say the only easy day was yesterday. So to Paul, endurance, perseverance, persistence is really just refusing to quit. And for a long time, it really puzzled me how special operators seemed to not have any quit in them. Part of my time in the Army, I had daily interaction with rangers. And I got to know a few of them, and I asked them how they made it through such grueling training. And the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority of them answered this way, and it was a real surprise to me. I just thought they were superior goal setters, that they said, this is a 60-day 62-day course, and I am going to make it through this. No ifs, ands, or buts. And what surprised me was that many of those rangers said that the course was tougher than they expected. And they got to a point very quickly that they said, I just have to make it through this march. One step in front of the other. And once they got past that, they grew to say, I can make it through this march. I just have to make it through today. And then when they grew to embrace that, I said, I just have to make it through the end of this week. Because what they said is if they looked at the final goal, they wouldn't have made it. It was too much. So they broke it down into bite-sized pieces to make it manageable, achievable, and less overwhelming. The seals have a saying, the way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And that's Jesus' advice too. He said in Matthew 6, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow's going to bring its own worries. Today, trouble, today's trouble is enough for today. Just make it through today. Just worry about taking the next step and then the step after that, and the step after that. And then eventually, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but you will get through the season of hardship that you're in. The next part of Paul's advice to us in Romans is he talks about endurance develops a strength of character. So after you master perseverance and persistence, when you build that muscle, you start to lean into that knowledge that comfort of knowing that you faced the last trial okay, and you made it and you survived, and you remember that in the middle of it, God found you. And really the way that it worked, I mean, I mean that's how it seemed, but really the way that it worked is you turned to God. You trusted God. You learned that with your focus on God, you were going to be okay. And the scariness of the storm went away. There may have still been waves and wind, but you weren't scared anymore. Persistence builds a sense of confidence in us. It makes us a rock. It makes us steady. Think about some point in your life when everyone was flipping out about a situation and there was a person that was fully aware of the situation, but they seemed to be calm, they seemed to be steady, their demeanor seemed to say, it's going to be okay. Everyone, let's just settle down. Everyone rallied around them. 
And in times of trouble, they became a gravitational center. Special operators know this too. The importance of reliability, it's the second value that all of them learn. After I, never, I will never quit, it becomes, I will be reliable. They know it down to their bones. It makes them steady in times of trouble. It's the bond that special operators have. They know that they can count on each other. They know that no matter what, they can rely on each other. Hey, Dan. I'm going to go to this one, okay? Sorry, y'all. That was bothering me. It's probably bothering you, too. <clears throat> because they know that they are each dependable no matter what. We hear stories all the time of how these special operators are in the middle of a battle. And they've lived through it. And they usually thrive in it. The, the more storms you face, the more steady you become, the more people around you are going to rely on you and rally to you in times of hardship. God makes you strong and confident and fearless. And I can say this since we're in Texas. Think about every pickup ad you've ever seen. What do they talk about? They use words that all Texans treasure. Tough. Reliable. Durable. Dependable. Resilient. Our pickups can take a beating and barely notice. All of our heroes in books and movies are unwavering during times of adversity. So Paul finishes with character strengthens our confidence and hope. Special operators are confident. They're confident in themselves and each other, but more importantly, they're confident that they will always win. In the middle of the battle, last man, last round, they have an indomitable spirit that they know they will win. And many times it's that unbreakable hope that is the difference between winning and losing a battle. And Paul says the same as for us. He, what he lines out in his 30 words or so of our scripture today is a game plan to get from always fearing life, afraid of every little bump in the road, to being fearless in times of our most dire adversity. Paul finishes with confident hope. And by confident hope, what Paul really means is above all else, when you boil life down to its raw essence, it's an exercise to build, identify, build, experience, and maintain faith. And when you have that faith, let your faith radiate to everyone around you, friend and stranger alike, so that they might grow their face, faith based on what they see in you in times of universal hardship or maybe just your time of hardship. Because just like special operators, just like Paul, God knows there's value in hardship. That's why he allows it. So you mean to tell me that all those times when I was dealing with soul-crushing hardship, when I was begging God to lift this burden off of me, and God, you didn't, you mean that wasn't God couldn't hear me, that God wasn't aware of my burden? You mean that 
It wasn't that he didn't care. That's right. I've so often tended to equate God's love for me in a formula that directly was proportional to how good the times were in my life. When things got rough, I thought either he is one, absent, two, oblivious, or three, just ambivalent. And it turns out the opposite of all those was true. Of all the characters in the Bible, Paul has stood out to me as the biggest zealot. When he was Saul in the book of Acts, he was a Christian bounty hunter with no match. Then after his conversion, he had the same zeal about his newly, about building churches across all of the Near East. And so for most of my life, when I read Paul and how he said in the middle of hardship that he prayed for more hardship because the suffering made him feel closer to Christ, I don't know about you guys, but when I was in the middle of job loss or divorce or health issues or family crisis, I never found myself tempted to ask God for another helping. When it came to Paul, I always said, whoa, big fella, let's tap the brakes here. I don't think I can get behind that. But the older I get, theoretically, I get wiser. I think Paul has been an enigma to me because his lessons got blurred coming through the lens of how a younger man oftentimes sees the world. And as I get older, I realize the lessons I've learned in life about life are making those enigmas of Paul more graspable and more meaningful, less of a mystery. For a long time, faith for me was just a word. It was a noun. But really, it's a verb. It isn't something encased in glass that you break every time hardship steps into your path. It isn't a life preserver that you don at the last second just before the ship sinks. It's how you see and live life. Every second of every day. In bad times and good times. But for faith to work, it really has to be real faith. It has to be based on life experiences, time and battle tested, and deeply entwined in our DNA. has to be entwined with who we are. Otherwise, the first sign of trouble, it just washes away and it leaves us grasping for floating bits of whatever's available on the surface. And that, friends, is the counterintuitive journey that Paul tries to describe in Romans and the journey that God sometimes walks us through, a journey that seemingly pulls us through the eye of a needle and and stretches us in ways that we will do anything we can to wiggle out of it at the time. But in the end, it transforms us into better versions of ourselves and makes us the faith encased, the faith refined, and the faith defined people that God has always planned for us to become. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we bring you thanks and praise. And Father, so often...
when we hit the high seas of life and we're struggling to make sense of it all and figure out what is, what is happening and why is this happening, and we looked at you and we say, God, I am good. Why are you letting this happen to me? Where are you? Where are you? Father, help us to remember that no matter what, you are always with us every second of every day. And when our heart breaks, your heart breaks with us. But hardship has value. Father, when we are in those times, help us to open our eyes and open our hearts to see beyond this, to know that we're going to get through it together, and that when we come out on the other stride, we will be stronger and better, and our faith will grow, and we will be closer to you. In your son's holy and amazing name we pray. Amen.